Hey, Laura. How are you? Hey, hey. Hi. Good. How are you? Good. Is that really? Are you really good? Yeah, I th- I am good. Um, I mean, good being a euphemism, I guess. I I mean, I'm. Yeah, I tur- I turned a corner today. Something like shifted for me today in a big way. It's it's a big shift. It's it's the kind of shift you know that's been happening for a long time. And then you wake up and you go, ooh, like something fit into place. And you're like, ooh, something has really shifted. So it's, yeah, I'm good. When you say it's been a long time, is this months since COVID, weeks, days? I think this particular shift is a combination of um, pre-COVID and then COVID stuff. It's like Mm -hmm. post-divorce, single parenting, dating, COVID life, loss of career, life adjustment, you know, like huge stuff. So yeah, I heard you say you've had an epiphany or you've had many today. So what did they involve? Well, before I answer that, let me ask you, how are you today, Sam? I'm a lot better today as well. Um, I've had a really rough, for no reason whatsoever, um, all my trains were just going in a really negative direction, even up until like two, three o'clock in the morning. I just couldn't stop thinking and crying about everything that you can get upset about. Yeah. And um, and then today, I just, uh, I, I don't know why I feel better. <laughs> See, I think this is cool because you're not the first person I've talked to, especially in the last... Um, just a little while where everybody, their trains have kind of been off the tracks in ways mm-hmm. that have felt really big. And it's like, and then I woke up this morning and it wasn't instant upon waking, but gradually bit by bit as I woke up, got out of bed, moved my body. It was like, I, I could see myself being in a better space and feeling myself in a better space. And I was like, huh. And then when I got in my car, I was like, huh. <laughs> so it's almost like the, the feeling comes first and then you're like, what? What has transcribed within that brief, it's such an unusual thing, especially like me being bipolar, there's a a contrast between you and I, and it's, I, I just want to echo the same thing. I have a lot of people in my life that are, are just going through unusual tumultuous things and sometimes it's just something you can't get out of. It's a funk that you're in. And um, and then I notice with these different relationships, um, so sometimes we really help each other get, get out of it. I'm not saying you specifically, but um, I, I do get a lot of benefit from just hearing you work through things. It's the same for me. But if you hadn't, if you haven't have those human connections, I don't know that you'd be in the same spot. Yeah. You know, um, I very much in my imagination, I feel like we all have our lives that are in our imagination. There's like our actual lived life, right? Like we actually get in our car, we turn the key. It's like that shared reality that is real, that it's like that argument that we're having in, in society right now. Like, is there an actual truth? Well, sure, there is an actual truth. And then there's a billion or nine billion other truths of these imaginary lives that we live in our minds and in our souls. And 
what you're talking about, this like difficulty and the shared human experience and, and witnessing other people. Cause I get the same benefit from being your friend as well as everybody else. And it's a part of what I love about TikTok. It's like, we get to witness other people and we get to share in that reality and go, Oh, I'm not alone. Or, Oh, wow. Yeah. That helps me. Or, you know, um, but, but I always imagine it. So part of my imaginary life is, and it's really something that's with me all the time is that life is a path. It's like, um, Mm -hmm. uh, do you know Tolkien? Um, like what's that, uh, not the Hobbit, but the other ones, Lord of the Rings. No, Lord of the Rings. Okay. So I'm not really into that stuff. Um, my mother-in-law is super into it and I have other friends who are super into it, like that fantasy kind of stuff. And I never got it. And when they made the movies, uh, I was forced to go with some family members who I don't enjoy very much. And, uh, (laughs) and I went to all of them and I really was just like, ugh, like to me, they were just boring. And, um, I didn't get it. Like, I just didn't get it. And I remember in the third movie, I I believe it was the third movie. Did you see them? So the premise is that like, there's like these hobbit, there's all these different kinds of people, right? And, And beings. And there's this ring and the ring has power. And the, the person who holds the ring, like it's, it's like a special thing. Everybody wants that, but it takes tremendous internal strength and and um fortitude and clarity to to hold that ring because even though it's got a lot of power that power will take you over and so so this one hobbit um who's played by elijah wood i think i'm getting this right he um he becomes the caretaker of this ring and he's trying to deliver it to this place in the earth where he he puts it into like a volcano basically and like dissipates all that power because it's too much concentrated power and it and it it always falls in the wrong hands and then people use it for evil and so he's like this beacon of good and purity basically and it's this test of if he can um so anyway that's a little beside the point but all three movies and i didn't get it until the end and i was sitting in the theater and it just hit me like a brick over the head because i i was going through this healing journey much deeper than where i'm at with it now um like i was in the thick of it and um they get to the end and 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 his friend his name i believe is samwise uh says let me hold the ring because the ring is kind of killing the other guy and he's like let me just hold it and samwise isn't as strong um theoretically and so he lets samwise hold it and they get to the top of this volcano and all he has to do is let go of the ring. All he has to do is let it go and, and let it, but, but Sam feels all that power and it's like taking over. And um, anyway, he says to him, one of them says to the other, just let go. Just like, just let go. And the whole metaphor for me of, of the, of the Lord of the Rings hit me, which is that, cause all three movies are them getting to this volcano and overcoming all these obstacles and trials together. And along the way, they meet people who help and they meet people who distract and they meet people who get in the way, but they together are, are riding this path. And it's like, anyway, that's a very long way to say that in my imagination, this is how I see life. I see life as the Lord of the Rings. Now (laughs) I see it as this long path. Right. And it's like, and, and there is some destination that we're all going, but that along the way we meet people, sometimes they pop in and out 
and they're just there to show you one thing, or maybe they're there to, 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 it's an obstacle that you have to overcome and grow from and learn from. And they're there to get in your way. They're there to make life hard. They're there to teach you something, make you stronger. Or maybe it's your Samwise. It's your person who's there for the whole ride. You know, um, we're all holding lights for each other along the path. Like you're holding a light for me. I'm holding a light. And when we find each other, it's like this little bit of path that we get to walk together, you know? I do so agree with you. And I've been actually looking at people that way lately within the, this is just weeks and months old for me, but I'll run into somebody and I'll just kind of uh, step back or get outside of myself and think, what is the opportunity? Why is this person coming into my life at this moment? I, I strangely enough, it, a side story. Um, one day, Cooper and I were, were getting going to get lunch somewhere, and out of the blue, I said, "Let's go to this place." And um, it wasn't a place I had frequented. And before I even said it, I was like, "Why? How did that even come out of my mouth?" You've had experiences like that. Um, where did that even come yeah. from? And yet I said it. So. As I'm driving, I was like, wow, that was kind of weird. And then I thought, I can't wait for the experience that I get to have when I get there. Because that came out of my mouth for some reason. And um, so I just made myself aware, like, okay, who are the people that I'm going to run into? What are the opportunities? So when Cooper and I sat down outside to eat our lunch, there is this woman sitting at a table close by. And uh, we struck up, struck up a conversation and she was the fascinating person. I could tell she had a mental disability and she was a customer service representative for a large corporation where we work uh, around our area here. And I was just fascinated by um, the conversations that we had. And I was like, that is why this opportunity, this moment in time right here was the reason why <laughs> she passed through my life just for that little tickling of the experience and I'll never see her again but I was like that this moment in time was why I was here and uh, I like looking at things I like when I'm mindful I, I can be open to the positive experiences or when I'm going through something negative I'm like all right what have I learned here and then you can unfold those that's a, a lot easier a lesson to pick up through, through painful like okay this has happened to me a third time now yeah the mindfulness I think is the key is the more mindful you can become in the moments whether they're positive whether they're negative and then also not to go too far down the rabbit hole because sometimes things can be really deep and big but those are probably going to take time but just to say this was what it was for this moment right now today, like to not, you know, I think a lot of people get really lost in stuff and then they take that imaginary life a little bit too far. I don't want to go too deep with this part of it, but, um, mm. cause it, I feel like I can get lost in this conversation, but you know, I think a lot of people, they, they, they take these meanings and these metaphors and this imaginary life that we all live, like we're all living this imaginary life, you know, imagining things about other people, imagining what they feel, what they think, um, what's really going on. You know? I, I hope you're going to talk about how we tell stories 
about each other and ourselves. I myself have had an internal story about you and I've been wrong about a lot of things. Um, so the, the, there's the truth and then there's your truth and then what I have unintentionally made up about you and and then through just knowing each other then then you unravel yourself and I get a better yeah do, do you want to give a, an example of that like I'm imagining people listening to this and I would love I would love to get into it a little bit so okay. tell me like something yeah yeah I imagine um when you're when you're in a dating yeah. situation I can't imagine you sitting down and having small talk. I can't imagine that that's something that would engage you, keep your attention. So in my head, I see you getting into the deep, heavy stuff, politics, religion, uh, vaccine. I see you jumping into that uh, <laughs> on a first date. Is that how you roll? No. Oh my God. No. Um, no, I, I mean, it's different now. Like I'm not really, I'm not dating now, but, um, I have given up the online thing yeah. completely. Um, you know, I just have people that I know and that I'm talking to, you know, friends and, and, and all that. But when I would go out on dates, it was like anything else. Now, what I will say is, I mean, you're right to a degree. Like I'm not, I feel like small talk is earned. If that makes sense. Really? No. Not the other way around. I, I like to just have fun and have a good time. And when I would go on dates, that's exactly what it was. When I was dating for the first like year and a half uh, after my divorce, it was it was all about fun. I wasn't looking for a partner. I wasn't looking for to get married or to have a boyfriend. I wanted to go out and have a good time. I wanted to, to have fun because that had been lost in my marriage and I was deprived of that. And I love to have fun and I love to connect and I love to laugh and just enjoy, right? Just enjoy a person. But for me, a part of enjoyment is, um, God, I can't, I don't want to go on the dating thing. We should talk about some of that other stuff, but I'll, I'll really quick, just the imaginary life, what you're talking about. I, uh, I, um, yeah. no, I like, if someone says something sort of superficial, right. And, and I'll go, huh. You know, like, I don't, I don't just go with the flow. It's kind of like when you say, Hey, how are you doing? And I say, let me think about that. You know, that's more of how I am. I, I don't just like to answer questions like um, reflexively. Obviously, I'll do that if it's a situation where I'm just meeting someone for a job interview or to look at a, you know, an office space or something like that. Sure, I'm not going <laughs> to, I'll be like, I'm, I'm good. How are you doing today? You know, unless I see something there. If I really see something on someone's face, even if it's a stranger, I would say, hmm. you know, are you sure? Like, is there anything I can do for you? I would absolutely do that with people. Do you talk to people at like at, if you're going at a grocery store? Do you talk to people in the grocery line oh, or God, the cashier? Yes. Okay, yeah, yeah, I, yeah, I, that's yeah. I was picturing you, but like honest. what what you're okay. saying reminds me of like there was this person that I was dating who it took months and months, and and we never did get through it. It's a part of why we broke up. He had this whole picture painted of me, and he would admit it to me sometimes. Like he thought prior to meeting me that I was this jet-setting world traveler, as he said, having multiple orgasms with everyone that I met. Like he thought that I was this like just worldly, like shake. But wait a minute, wait a minute. I don't know anything about the orgasms, but all the no. other stuff is that not, not right? At all? Are you kidding me? No, 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 no. I went to Paris. 
You've traveled. No, you've, I have you've not. Traveled I went to Paris the world once in 2019. <laughs> okay, only half, only halfway. Anyway, we should. <laughs> I don't know why you don't you don't quantify yourself as some. I mean, you know, you're fantastic. You know all these great things. I guess I don't know why you wouldn't tell that story the same way that I would. Well, I think it's this, right? This, I think, and this is the point. It's not about me. It's just about how we make up stories about other people. And, and I would say the lesson for me and what I've learned about this, and I feel like I've gotten really good at it. And I do think my job has helped a lot. And I think my, my work has helped a lot. Let's use the example of a new friendship or a new situation where you're dating someone. I know the difference between someone saying something or doing something and me getting triggered and me feeling a feeling, me feeling defensive, me feeling hurt, me feeling left out. I understand mm. the difference between someone saying something and me feeling triggered and, and the story that that brings up in my head versus who that person actually is, even if I don't agree with something that they said or did. You know, or I know that for me, that's a line in the sand. Like, okay, for me, that's not, that doesn't feel safe. That doesn't feel good. And so I have to like, you know, slow down here or whatever. Um, it doesn't mean that I understand where that comes from in them. And I'm not going to create a story about them being evil or them being bad or them being not a good person or them being something amazing. Like that's a story in my head. And do you, know, do you see what I'm saying? Like I can tell the difference now. And I, I understand the difference okay. between the story I'm creating versus the person that I don't know. Yeah, I, I, I guess I, I'm horribly um, bad at doing that, especially if, if you've hurt me or triggered me. I, I tend to go to the extent where you're, right. you're, you've done it on purpose. You're ignorant. You're rude. How dare you? affect me that would do that to me and and then I can go on hating there's two people in my life that I hate with a passion and uh I I have these stories and this dialogue every interaction you know I, I can tell you evil stories about those people in my head you know and, and maybe it's part of my bipolar disorder to a certain extent that uh, we take things very personally and uh, emotionally it affects us but this story is um, especially if it's a negative thing it's easy to to turn that into hate but you're not somebody who has those you know you process you I think what I've learned to do and and mm -hmm. honestly when you talk about that in particular that really brings up and anybody who's heard me talk ever has heard me say this before my best teacher in my life has been my mother and that what we're talking about right there and these stories that mm -hmm. we make up about people and how they become our our own internal internalized false reality or not false reality but imaginary life Right, a life we're making up about somebody else and then creating that as something real inside of ourselves. Um, that is what I watched my mother go through. That is what I watched my mother suffer from. And it was the thing that affected me the most in my life. And that to your point, I'm not, I'm not perfect. Of course I create things. Of course I get caught in things, but I think I am good at uncoiling it and recognizing the difference of my trigger and my history and my past and my issues versus who this other person is in front of me and that they are not any of that. 
They may represent some of those things. They may have some of those habits, but my mom, okay. So I'm going to get real specific. I've never gotten this specific. So there are two people that my mom had severe hatred for that she could never let go of. One of them was, I had a lot of um, male abusers when I was a child. Um, It wasn't just one person, but there was one person, he lived across the street from me and they let him babysit me and um, he was around me in non-babysitting situations and and they they didn't protect me from him. And he brought in other boys in the neighborhood. So it was really a group of boys that I was subjected to from for all of my young years pre-puberty and when my mom had to become conscious of it because I forced that um by telling people outside the family thank god um my mom from that point until the very last time I really ever had any kind of real conversation with her um could not let go of her hatred of him and it was a seething hatred it was seething. And what I can tell you is that more than being abused by miles and miles and miles and miles, watching my mother seethe with hatred was more detrimental to my being, to my emotional well-being than anything anyone could ever do to my body. And not being able to rescue her from that, to save her from that, watching her drown in that hatred. That has been the most influential thing on my life, period. And it taught me that holding on to that stuff, I don't care who it is. I don't care who they've hurt. I understand. I have a child. I'm a mother. I get it. I get. And and I've. Yes, I, I understand that someone hurting, hurting and harming your child is a terrible thing. But more terrible is allowing that infection to then infect your heart and then you become that same resonance of anger and hatred and ugliness, right? It's, 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 it's an infection. I'm, I'm having a hard time knowing how she could feel right. any well, other way. Unless, unless I'll give you the perspective. Was please continue. Mm-hmm. She okay? I'm I'm worried or concerned. I'm questioning. Was she more upset how it made her look that that this went on without her knowing, and it falls on her, and she couldn't accept that burden or responsibility that it was her, her fault uh, of negligence and. Is that why she the hatred right. for herself and and putting out on so him? Is that why? So there's layers to she this, couldn't right? There's go. layers to what you just said. But but let me go back to you can't imagine her feeling any other way. So let's say that her higher self, her mm-hmm. best self, the best part of her could detach from her body. And I want you to imagine a scenario because this is a scenario I imagine. I literally would be alone in rooms with my mom, like my room, her room the family room, the car. And from the time that I was 10 years old, she would talk to me about her feelings, about her anger. And 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 it would just come out of her because my mom was probably the first person that showed me my ability to hold space for people and to be an empath. My mom would unload on me, you know, in a way that she should not have. Um, absolutely not. But I think this is common. I think parents do this a lot unintentionally. Um, unaware. And so she would unload on me. And so if you imagine, if you can see herself pulling out of that scenario and kind of watching, 
watching her unload this hatred and anger um, and to live that every day and to not be able to let go and to be literally physically seething and writhing in pain, crying, anguished, torn up, not just for a month, not just for a week, not just for a year, not just for five years, but for 20 years plus that I, more than that, 38 years that I, that I had a relationship with my mother. Um, the damage that that did to me, the damage that that did watching that kind of internal, emotional, imagined life, right? Cause she couldn't let go of the thoughts of the abuse. She couldn't let go of the thoughts of what she, it, because here's the thing, she did know that something was going on and she ignored it. So this gets into the layers of your question. So what is that anger? What is that holding on really about? It's really about not being able to forgive yourself. It's really about not being able to love yourself. It's really about not not allowing a process of healing to come through you because of course you of course you don't like it. Of course it makes you upset. But to hold on to the anger, to, to not be able to let go is to infect yourself with ugliness and then to spread that to all the people around you. So how could she feel any other way different? To acknowledge and understand that you are a beacon of energy just as that person was. And that person who did that kind of abusive thing, they spread that abuse and as it was spread to them, to, to all the people around them. And then what happens? Then those people become infected. Now they have a choice. Now, are they going to become the beaker and the resonance of that anger and that hatred and that ugliness that then spreads to the next generation? So how do you, how do you let go of it? You let go of it by understanding that you yourself are as powerful. You yourself are as important and that you are not going to spread this infection. Think of it like COVID, right? Why are we wearing masks? Why are we socially distancing? Why do we get vaccinated? Because we don't want to continue to spread this disease. And so I don't know if this is making sense or answering your question or helping, but I had someone hurt my son recently and well, when you and it, it very much resonated okay, um, and I was very upset and I felt guilt and I felt pain and I felt all the things and I went through a process and it very much now it was not the same it didn't go on for years and years it was a one-time thing and I absolutely felt responsible for it. I was responsible for it to a degree, but we're all human and we miss things and things happen. You know, this is a part of the human experience. So now the next question is, so now what do I do with that? And what I did with that was I went through all my real feelings. I didn't deny them. And I got real honest about it. And I talked to people about it. And I talked to myself about it. And I talked to my son about it, not inappropriately, but just I, I checked in with him, you know, and I, I observed him and I went through the process and I would say, I don't know how long it took me, but I, I think I want to imagine it was maybe a couple of months at the most until I was really able to let go and forgive. And, and I also did the right things. I reported this person to the police. Like I did the right things, you know, but it was like, it's over and um, I'm not going to forget it. There were lessons learned from it, but I don't beat myself up every day. We that kind of leads our discussion into the mediocre. <laughs> oh, right. Yeah, we were talking about this the other day because I called you and I said, Oh my God, everything's mediocre. Yeah. I'll let you lead the way into that because, yeah, go mm -hmm. ahead. Yeah. Yeah, it's, um, I'm sure everybody can everybody 
does everybody know how exhausting it is as yeah. a parent? Yeah. Do you have, you have to, to be a parent? Be a parent to know. Yep. Okay. I know who a lot of people now? who don't have kids and oh. love to give the advice. Well, and you think know, everything you know. is so damn simple. And sometimes it's hard just you to know read a, a damn book, book what's, what's before bedtime. Book? Um, you know that 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 perfect parents do exist. You know that, right? Yeah, they just don't have kids yet. Really? Oh, of shit. course okay. people without kids don't know. Are you fucking kidding me? Of course. How could they know? That's like going, I know what it's like to drive a car, but I've never driven one yet. No, you don't. Mm-hmm. You don't. I, I I couldn't even... Could you explain? No, you can't. I don't it's even like know any other could. experience. Except parenting is this like full 360 thing, you know? Um uh, yeah, imagine doing a, a do, imagine living just as you are now. And then somebody throws something at you and it's like, here, okay, now make sure they know how to do this and they know how to do that, but that they do it well and that they say please and thank you and all these benchmarks for the rest of their effing life. Make sure that it's your responsibility that they're doing their, that that's what they have to do. And that they know all those things and that you fill up their cup, fill up your own, but fill up their cup Well, I don't, I don't know if I'm hitting the mark on what you're saying here, but what I hear you saying, I, I hear you conflating a couple things, which is um, the idea of other people's expectations, AKA society, our family, our friends, the schools, you know, whoever, those outside expectations versus the reality of our lived lives and our own expectations of ourselves and our own values and morals Mm -hmm. because i think you know because we all have we're all affected by society's pressure of course we are whether that's that we reject it and we spend Mm -hmm. our energy rejecting and resisting it or whether that's that we let it all in or whether we modulate that and we try to incorporate what works for us and what doesn't but i think that's another trick about parenting is like how much of other people's morals values and pressures do you allow into your lived experience oh that's 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 another exhausting (laughs) thanks for reminding me well geez i was trying to feel better in the in the eight minutes we have left i was trying to feel better (laughs) because i have to go to therapy with my child in a couple minutes which is actually uh, a, a really great segue um, because in the in the mediocreness of being a parent, I noticed um, I just don't have I I my mom didn't know I don't know. There's just a lot of um, principles of being a parent and, and a human being that you should know and and the quick cute little tricks that you can do to make your life exponentially better. I don't know what those things are, you know, so everything seems to be a fight with the socks laying around the, and the chores and, and being happy and, and saying the please and thank yous. It's exhausting. And the hour that I get to, to watch somebody else interact with my son and and give us the encouraging little little pats on the back and um 
What's it's the so energy that that therapist carries for you? Like, what's the the physical energy that you get when you're with that person? Male yeah. energy, which is very important. Accepting that you're just so acceptance. You're acceptance. actually doing okay. <laughs> acceptance that um, we are just doing a great job and um yeah I, i'm so glad that um i feel like he can see cooper in a different light that i can because when you're in the muck of it you don't really see that um this is a, a beautifully for flourishing child maybe we aren't doing the xyz but you know the past six days we've had off together I couldn't imagine it spending it any better. You know, we didn't do the homework and the reading an hour a day. We didn't do all that and this, but he is so enriched in a hundred different areas of our life. So I, I do like to exhale and be like, okay, thank you for the reminder that everybody else's expectations um, aren't as important as you know, I, I just had a great six days with Cooper. I know you I'm did. I'm glad that I he's at school today. But... Um, I just want to you, you just You just went through it the week before oh with but Kai. But it was which We weren't enriched. Is even... <laughs> okay. I'll tell you right now. I know. Because you yourself well, Having going him home through with me was really pain, a trigger. So, it, it really set me off on a path. It was, yeah. Anyway, but I just, I want to go back to this therapist really quick because you said you wanted to end on something uplifting and positive. And I just want to, I don't know, point something out if it's helpful, which is that when you talk about going to him for an hour and how much that helps and how it's worth a hundred bucks and all that. And I say this to people who come see me. I say this to people all the time, including myself. Because when I look back on on the the one person who really shifted my life beyond beyond myself, like in a big way, because it was my effort, it was my money, it was my time, it was my choice to go see that person, right? So I give myself credit a lot. But the helping person on that part of the path who held the light for me was this therapist that I had, and she um, she was she is smart, so smart, and she's not just a therapist who sits, who sits there and nods her head, right? She's active. And not, she's not talking over you. Like she listens. And then she like a good parent would, which is what she was for me. She was a reparenting experience for me. She actually gives reflections and she said stuff. And everything she ever said to me was smart and helpful and insightful. And it got my brain trained in a different way. But the thing that, that was the most healing to me about her, and I think the thing that I really internalized about my experience and time with her was that she was a forgiving, mm -hmm. kind energy. Like when you talk about this therapist, that's why I said, what do you feel when you're with him? And it's like, okay, there's that male influence, which I get because you like me don't have the male parenting person in your life. And so that male energy, you know, is so important for your child. Right. Um, but he has an acceptance and he has a love and he has a, a, a grace that must feel so good to sit in and mm. and I guess what I'm trying to point out is that if you mm -hmm. can see that and understand that energy that he's carrying as a gift that you can internalize 
Like you can take that home with you so that even in your worst moments, if you can begin to practice having that same kind of grace and love and acceptance and space for the mess and that you're doing okay, it's the hardest to do like when things are the hardest. But if you can start to practice that, like that's a gift you can take with you because that was something I never had modeled for me in my life. And I had to learn that from other people. Mm-hmm. And and that was, those were the things that impacted me the most. Like, yes, the advice, yes, the words, yes, the meditation, like you said, the math, the re- like all the things. Of course, yes, we want these things to make our lives richer and all that. But at the end of the day, what really matters is that feeling of like spaciousness and, and like that there's room for us just mm-hmm. the way we are, like acceptance. And do you, does that... And a a gentle guide, like what I just want to just say what you said a little differently, like just having a representation of, of how he carries himself. I mean, that is pretty much what you said. That is, uh, I'm not saying I didn't get it from my parents. I'm just saying I'm having a hard time applying it. So not being around a lot of families or or other kids or or parents you know this is the only interaction I have right now with seeing another adult interact with my child and that's uh, in a healthy way in in a way that somebody knows how to draw the right things out of him and draw out a conversation and show him how to connect his emotions like I need somebody to show me how to do Well, he's showing you, you know, and I would just say sit back and and be present with that experience more than the words. You know, I feel like everybody's trying to extrapolate the lesson when they go to therapy, like, and hold on to like some nugget that's going to change their life. It's like this idea that if we swallow a pill or, you know, whatever, get the right, whatever, that it's going to fix everything. But my, in my imagination, Sam, (laughs) I would imagine that he is probably when he's in that room. His shoulders are probably dropped. His body is probably relaxed. He's probably breathing. He's probably not holding his breath. There's probably a sense of calm that he has, um, that he's sharing. Mm -hmm. And you know, it it Mm -hmm. really is, I think it's simple stuff, but simple doesn't mean easy. In fact, the simplest stuff is the most difficult stuff. To be able to relax and and keep your breath and keep your physical like awareness of like how am I like am I sh- sh- shrugging my shoulders up? Is my back tense? Am I squinting my face? Is my jaw tight? Like, you know, am I holding my breath? Am I breathing shallow? Am I breathing mm-hmm. like if we can relax our bodies and we can allow our bodies to like release and be okay and be safe like I don't know it's just a process it's a process of being aware like you said being mindful and just allowing ourselves to be what we are and to feel that and to be okay with that to have grace to have acceptance to have love I feel like I'm like totally off on a tangent here but I I feel like that's the lesson like when you go around him and you feel that incredible warmth and support it's that, yeah, that's that's what I want to be because I can see him unfolding and 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 putting out himself out there to another human being. And if if um, if I put out that same type of energy, I, I think 
you know, he, he yes. can open up to me in that same way. And uh, because the, the main reason why we started going to therapy was his inability to communicate your his son. feelings. So your uh, son, how was that doing with that? Yeah. Yeah. I have heard from his teacher what a great impact he's seen in, 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 Cooper is giving consistent effort in what he does, uh, how he works and his relationships. And even uh, somebody else said, Cooper just seems like a much happier well, you know what? kid lately. This is it. And I know you have so, to go, but I this don't... is what I'm talking about. You asked me, how could my mom feel anything different? Right. And I think this is the simple truth of it is that mm -hmm. she could feel something different by understanding that her presence as a human being has a tremendous, had a tremendous impact on my life and on my soul and on my path and on my journey. And it's as simple as us learning how to breathe, slow down, be present and have compassion for exactly where we are and to understand that it's it's okay we're at whatever we're doing even if it's shit awful hmm. it, yeah it, it, if i wish i would have had that compassion for my mom my god knowing, just, just just the idea of of knowing that she was struggling as, as a parent through my you know i'm going through my own little life I had no idea she was probably crying in her bedroom over the bullshit but, but that Sam, I was putting not, her through. You yeah, know? that's we, we could talk about that another time. That's a whole other thing. That's a whole other thing. It's <laughs> not your job, you know? It's not your job. Yeah, It's not your job to know that. It would have helped me as a parent well, you can now, to expect. But that's where I think we can learn you'll that have stuff struggles. now, right? That's where like when parents say, you'll understand one day and you can look back and have that compassion. Mm -hmm. I have compassion for my parents now that I never had before. It doesn't mean mm -hmm. I'm going to talk to them. It doesn't mean they're healthy people for me to be around, but I can understand more layers because mm -hmm. I'm a parent, you know, and I have compassion now, but that's a whole, mm -hmm. that's a whole other thing. But I think it's wonderful that Cooper has been affected by this experience. And I think it, yeah, I, I don't know if you're seeing the connection I'm making here, but it's it's the energy that we carry that impacts our kids. It's, it's not the, did we do the math or the reading or, or, you know, or did we get out for that hike today? Or Those things are important. I'm not saying they're not important, but it's the resonance and the energy that we internalize as human beacons of energy and how we share that with our children. Like that's what makes space for the allowing. That's what you love about going to this therapist. It's, it's the energy that he's carrying and mm -hmm. yeah. Enjoy your therapy today. Yeah. You are. <laughs> yeah. I don't know who what, it's for. What? It's probably for us both. Uh, the therapy it you know my intention was that, that it cooper needs therapy oh but God, it, yes. it's you truly one, for one being the both of them. I, love it. I love you so much yeah, yeah i think thank you so much for I your time and do you have time for I'm me to thank you for one more thing before and, you go uh, okay 